What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. I'm so glad you joined us today. Our theme is growth. Our theme is growth. And um, every week we have a theme just to get us started, answering the question, what does it mean to say yes to spirit? And how do our lives change when we say yes to spirit? And my co-host is Leslie, and I can hear her on in the background. <laughs> it's hard not to hear me, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, so do you remember what our most recent topic was before today's of growth so that we could do that famous connect the dot situation that I love so much uh huh <laughs> see the pressure the pressure you usually have that written down see now suddenly my mind is spiraling into things that no I have no idea well, I want to say see. abundance, but I don't think it was abundance. We had abundance the time before last, and then we connected that with something, and it's the something that we should connect growth with after abundance. Well, that's true. So I guess we don't do a connect the dots today. <laughs> Suddenly my whole day is off off kilter, no connect the dots. Growth, though, that would... Uh, that is an interesting thing to connect the dots with anything. I would imagine anything in life, I believe, connects to growth. Even the things that I think are just the most tragic of all tragics. Tragic of all tragics. Tragic of all tragedies. In some way, my belief system tells me that it is all preparing, you know, preparing or propelling me towards the next best thing. So see, growth is just a, a universal connect the dot kind of topic. Thank you, Leslie. That was an amazing save. Well, I like it. Except the connected documents. <laughs> cool. So uh, let's take a one minute break and then we'll be back and we'll talk about growth. Hang with us. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, and today our theme is growth. So I'm just wondering, what is it that you think of when you think about growth? What is it that comes to mind in your own life when you think about saying yes to spirit and how that influences your growth? That's probably a good place for us to start. Lastly, what does growth mean to you? You know, um... I never did this growing up, but I always saw TV shows or it seemed like, you know, happy, healthy families. (laughs) They'd have those doors where the kids would, you know, stand up and they would uh, tip a little pencil mark and they would put the date and how, how much they had grown over the last month or two months. And I uh, always thought about that because when I was growing, when I was little, 
I didn't know I was growing. I did have the experience when people, when I was little, and I'd have like family reunions or something, somebody, you know, an aunt or an uncle would say, wow, you've grown so much. And Mm -hmm. as I was physically growing, of course, I had no concept of that. And I think in some ways, spiritual growth happens like that. I had a, a most amazing story from a woman. I do some work in the Dallas County Jail, and we really um, are trying to help them. They're all trauma survivors, and, and through trauma, we get all sorts of negative or false beliefs growing up that we're not worthy, we don't deserve things, we're dirty, bad. And um, trying to first get them conscious of those thoughts that they're kind of running an automatic pilot and once you get conscious and you know choosing to replace them with different thoughts affirmations positive thoughts and allowing them to have their feelings around that trauma you know going through the grieving and going through the anger and going through the feelings and this one girl that's been on the pod which we call this where they live um for about three and a half months she told a story thursday night where she said when i came in all i was thinking about was getting out of jail, you know, when am I going to get out? How am I going to get out? And she said, the more I didn't go to court and the more I just, you know, kind of realized that I was kind of stuck here, then I started actually listening to what was being said in class, actually doing the homework, actually doing these affirmations, actually working and listening and because I just let go of everything that I was thinking about in the outside world and she goes, I just fully did this program all day every day and she said I can't tell you when but she said now I know I I think differently I I don't wonder about when I'm going to get out when I get out I get out I just you know things are working I can't control that you know this is a precious time this is an amazing time I'm going to be this amazing person to be able to help other people that have had trouble she said all I see is good all I all I feel inside is excitement when I see a new woman come into the pod and I can talk to her about what this program is about. And it was so interesting because she said very clearly she couldn't tell you the day or how that happened. It's just like she woke up one day and, and she had shifted. She created, a, you know, for those of you who know that idea of a neural pathway, she created a new way of thinking. And and it was like it just happened. It, it wasn't like she was aware that she'd grown five inches. It's just suddenly there you are. And I thought that was a real interesting example of how when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing well, for me, what I'm what I'm divinely designed to do, living that spiritual life daily, doing my daily practice, things just happen and I don't, you know, growth just happens and it's not really measurable to me, but it, it is, it affects me in every way, shape and form. Yeah, I like that example, and I think you're absolutely right that so often um, the growing is taking place and we're just doing it. I mean, we're just being who we are in the world, and we may set an intention, and that always helps, but um, whether we are intentional about it or not, we are always growing. (laughs) I guess in what direction, right? Mhm. Yeah, and that's a little scary that we're always, well, I guess we're always evolving and we're always living. And then growth, the word growth implies up, you know, upward, outward, bigger, better. So I guess I could be always living. Well, no, I don't know. As I say that out loud, no. If someone is a criminal, um, they're, they are growing their ability to be a better criminal or, you know, they're hanging out with people <laughs> who can teach them to do what they do, which is illegal, but to do it even better or to get away with it or to affect more people. So that's growth too. Um, and so it's, I guess for me it's a reminder to really be intentional about what I want to grow in my life. What seed do I want to plant? Because that's the seed that is going to be watered and fertilized and nurtured until it actually pops through the ground and blooms or blossoms. 
and you know, yeah, like you said, we are nurturing seeds, whether or not we know it or not. And it's um, also kind of fascinating to watch this concept of if I want to know what I've been watering or what I've been nurturing, you know, look at the circumstance of my life and I can get a sense of that. And um, helping, again, the women in the jail kind of come to that aha moment. And it's real fascinating because there's a, you know, I do it. <laughs> Whatever is going on in my life is certainly not my fault. It is certainly that son of a gun at work or it's that person that I grew up with or it's, you know, there is always an external factor that is screwing with me and making me do these things that are not good for me. <laughs> and it is that other thing's fault. And um, to, so that's a, you know, that we all have that. So, of course, the women in the jail have that. And, you know, it's the boyfriend that put the gun in the purse or it's the, you know, friend that put the drugs in the car. Or, you know, it's always somebody else. And um, there becomes a moment if they stay in the program where they do get that, that, that aha moment of, oh, my goodness, it's because I didn't feel like I could, you know, go out and really be able to be, anything different than a drug addict that I was in that car to begin with. And if I hadn't been in that car to begin with, then, of course, those drugs wouldn't have been in my possession. It, you know, so for that moment when they start to see that it was because of something they were thinking and some way that they were choosing to live that created the situation that ended up in their jail, that that is such a moment of, like, oh, my goodness, you know, there it is, it's me. But then also in there comes the, you know, the beauty of that is that's my choice. Because as long as I keep blaming the son of a gun at work or, the, you know, my past or, you know, I'm really powerless over that and those people are going to continue playing my life like a violin, you know, I'm going to give them that power. But at that moment that I really understand, oh, no, it's how I'm responding, it's how I, it's my perspective of the situation, it's my... It's my thinking that's creating my situation. Wow, now, now I have some control. Now I have some ability to change. Now I have some real opportunity to grow in a conscious, this, you know, conscious direction. I'm feeling particularly profound. Do you feel like I'm being particularly profound? I'm not certain, but I think it, this is particularly profound stuff. Did oh. Tracy hang up? Uh, no, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> was it so profound you couldn't speak for a moment? Was that? Oh, well, Tracy's trying to decide how to respond to that <laughs> comment and question. Because oh, um, you are usually profound, and so, yeah, I'm just like, all right, how do I respond? fun to that. <sighs> so when you think about growth in the last year, in what ways would you describe your own growth? What's what's been growing in Leslie this last year or so? Oh, wow. What has been growing in Leslie this last year? I think uh, most markedly would be my willingness to um, trust or to believe that good things can happen to me, that, uh, that I am actually more willing to receive good and believe that I can be loved and cared for and taken, you know, into that level of trust and unconditional love and you know again in working with the women you know we talked about the classic kind of science of the mind thing that you have the thought that creates the belief and then you get the experience and I've spent many 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 years working on my thoughts and I am way aware of my thoughts and I can control and manipulate and work my thoughts I am a thinker but I had never really I don't think until the last maybe year and a half two years gotten down to the situation of understanding that my core belief was still so much filled with self-hate and self-destruction and self-sabotage that I would never allow the actual experience to be anything positive. And I think that that's growing, that's shifting. My belief is changing. And so I'm going in, growing in the direction of letting, letting the possibility that good things can happen even to me. 
come into my life. <laughs> even to and you. Even to me. The rules do apply. I do get to play the game. And uh, and you, Tracy Brown, do you sense a particular area of growth, or are you, uh, other than uh, your uh, growing and producing a brand new book, should we talk about that? Love that book. <laughs> Not so much, um, yeah, but we can talk about it. I think what's been growing, um, well, and the, and the book is probably a a, prod, a byproduct of the growth, not so much the contents, but um, so I have my business and corporate side of my life, and I have my spiritual and leadership leadership and spiritual environment part of my life. And what's been growing has been the um, the percentage of time and attention going to the spiritual part of my life and how that mm. shows up. And it's not so much um, a change at the belief level, but in just the the amount of time, the quality of the time, uh, but especially the amount of time. And and what's also interesting is like your when you started with the kids who, you know, once a year on their birthday or once a year on New Year's Day or, you know, once a year, there's a mark put on the wall to show the, the growth, the physical representation of that physical growth. And so in some ways, this this newest book, um, I Turn to Prayer, is like a physical um, example or a physical milestone, a physical something you can hold in your hand, clear that even though some of the prayer poems that are in the book were written as long as ten years ago. Oh. I would not have done. This. I would not have. I would not have released a book about. I mean, I would not have released this book about prayer in all its different forms ten years ago. So, in some ways, you know, the consciousness was there, but it wasn't that part of my life. Every book I was publishing ten years ago was all about the workplace, diversity in the workplace, leadership development, productivity, communication in the workplace. I mean, you know, I've got books about all those subjects. And in my personal spiritual expression, I might have been writing or journaling or, um, you know, writing poems or prayers. And it was just for me. And now it's like, that part of my life is so much more public and designed to inspire and encourage others. So, yeah, the last year has been a lot more teaching from a spiritual perspective um, and, and a lot of growth in the time and the attention it gets and for on the surface, on the conscious level, it really doesn't feel like it's been that much different. But the book coming out would be the marker of on the wall, the mark on the wall of, you know, in 2014, right. this is what you were doing. And that's so different. You know, even though you're the same person, it's just a different way that you're expressing yourself in the world, a bigger way in the realm of spirituality. So, well, you know, four years ago, well, yeah, so this is quick. Ago. So oh, yeah. four years ago, uh, well, a little more than four years ago, when you and I started doing this show, Say Yes to Spirit, that would have been a mark on the wall, right? At, you know, Absolutely. of the height increasing. So that would have committing to do, you know, a weekly show called Say Yes to Spirit it was that was a big growth point on this spiritual development, spiritual growth marker. 
And so it is interesting to think of it as, you know, as a child grows and you mark their height. It's like, oh, wow, now there would be, you know, there would have been say yes to spirit four years ago. And then three years ago there would have been a mark on the wall that that tied to being licensed as a spiritual practitioner and spiritual coach. And I don't know what it would have been two years ago, but then now this year it's, you know, releasing the book, Say Yes to Spirit. I mean, no, releasing the book called I... Oh, I turn to prayer. Like, <laughs> what is like, the book title? Like, what is that I turn to prayer. I turn to prayer, which I believe is available on Amazon. <laughs> it is. If someone it is. with Tracy Brown's name on it, I turn to prayer. It is an amazing book. And what I think and I love about that little process of, of how that book came up around into terms of becoming something that we could all hold versus, you know, writings in a journal page from 10 years ago, um, the way you described it and the way I think, you know, growth in a spiritual way happens when we allow it to is it's, it was a, it was a natural kind of thing. It didn't, 10 years ago, it probably would have been work, my favorite four-letter word. Or, you know, you would have had to really, you know, set time aside or, you know, say, okay, I'm going to do this work. Okay, I'm going to, you know. But suddenly now it appears to me that it was effortless on most fronts for you to just compile these different prayers that you had written over the years. And and that is one thing I can um, without a doubt say about Tracy Brown, that when she gets into the the Zen zone of praying, um, you know, there's a clear channel to something uh, something way outside of the physical body of Tracy Brown that happens. So that's why I think the book is so powerful because you just picking it up, you can just I just look at a certain topic that I'm struggling with and I can read that topic or just a random prayer and I can, as I'm reading it, I feel the shift. And I will be honest with you, a few of them I read Tracy Brown and I thought, there's no way she wrote that. <laughs> that is too amazing. That is like that is like something from the outer realm of there you go. That's really tapping in. I thought my little Tracy Brown wrote that. That's crazy. So uh, well, anyway, I, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'll really be impressed with myself when you say um, I read read that and I thought Edgar Tolley wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be like yeah. now, I don't I, Tracy Brown could never in this but when you look at it and go well, how does Tracy get Edgar Tolley to write something in one of I don't think we should have you know we shouldn't expect you to walk on water no I'm kidding we should we should we should walk on water well what a journey, but it is. It's an amazing book, so I would encourage anybody to to, to, to to take a look at it on Amazon. And I think that, that the idea of the growth of you producing that, again, it became, am I correct in saying it was it was not too much of that four-letter word work, that it was fairly, you know, just evolved naturally over the last few months that this happened? Well, yeah, it just um, developed in a way that, that was that was organic, and you know it was just fine. And um, and I gave me an opportunity to go back and pull things out of journals, which you know it's perfect in the context of this conversation today about growth because it is true that I read some things that I wrote ten years ago six years ago, three years ago, six months ago, and did not include them, right? So, but I could see, Mm -hmm. I could see my own growth. Um, So a lot of times on Say Yes to Spirit, we end up referring to affirmative prayer and really praying from that place of being grateful for and knowing that that which you intend is already done and is done in the mind of God and to be grateful for it versus a beseeching prayer that is 
um, like, you know, crawling and begging and, um, and beseeching God to come save you, fix you, fix the world. And, um, and so it was very interesting for me to go back and to see there were some prayers I had written or some journal entries I had written at different points along the way that were so much begging, <laughs> like so much, <laughs> oh, can you just fix this, or negotiating, you know, oh, God, if you just do this one thing, <laughs> I promise I will, like, never miss a deadline again in life. Uh, you know, if you just get me out of this fix right here. And I had to <laughs> laugh because, you know, it's like, no, that even at the point, you know, of reading it, it's, or writing it, it's like that wasn't my modus operandi. That wasn't the way I typically engaged with spirit. But to see, oh, look, that showing up, that's how you were showing up at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I got to see some of my own growth, which was very mm-hmm. cool. And that's a classic, you know, punchline or school or, you know, commercial for keeping a journal. That's exactly why why people, you know, are encouraged to keep journals, why it's significant to, because many times we don't see our own growth. You know, we're not seeing that we're growing a tenth of an inch every two months. But if we look back to a journal that we wrote six months ago, we're like, oh, my goodness, I was deeply ill. Look how smart I am now. And uh, so having that ability to reflect on and see our growth can be incredibly encouraging. You know, a lot of times I have um, therapy clients that will, you know, say a lot, well, I'm just not changing, you know, nothing's happening, nothing's changing, nothing's happening. Of course, you know, I want to continue getting the money, so I have to point out all the good things that are changing because they're coming to therapy with me. Do you think that's okay? (laughs) But anyway, you know, other (laughs) other people can see the growth. And when I put it, point it out, when I, you know, let them know, when I say, oh, but remember, you know, three months ago you were doing this, or six months ago you were doing that, and they're like, oh, that's right, that's right. And uh, so it's a fascinating thing that many times we don't track our own growth. I, I think we have, um, you know, we see the prize at the end of the road that we want, and if we don't have that particular prize in this particular moment, then, you know, everything in between here and there and getting there is discounted as not being of value, but, you know, each step, my goodness, if we celebrated each step towards that shiny purple bicycle, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, so, yeah, I think it is a good example of how um, the growth in some ways seems so invisible, and especially when right. we when we do say yes Spirit, and when we do right. allow ourselves to be guided by the natural flow of the universe and by these universal spiritual principles that feed us and define us and shape us, it's like when we are working in conjunction with universal spiritual principle or when we are working in alignment with universal spiritual law. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing mm-hmm. how our lives seem to flow. And so we're going with the flow and we're using the spiritual principles of the law of attraction or, you know, the the law of whatever that is working with us. And so it's almost, you know, maybe not always effortless, but it moves with ease and grace and we don't feel like, there's growth happening. We just feel like, you know, things are, you know, my my phrase that I use so much is I'm having a green light day. So like every, every now, time I get, get that to phrase, a, Tracy Brown? Let's just go ahead and give credit where credit is due. Who told you green light day? Um, Didn't I say that first? I said that first. I <laughs> No. Well, you may have said it on the I didn't show. Say, I didn't say that first. No, I remember reading it. Ah, uh, somebody else took I my phrase and wrote it in the book. 
from something I read a long time ago. It's in mm. one of, anyway, we'll go back and find the, the reference. <laughs> uh, but it was just something I read. All right, go and ahead. Thinking, All right, go ahead. Green light day. No, I, even, I, was, I was like, did I read it in your book? But no, I read it. I've been saying it longer than that. So, um, you know, but that idea that it doesn't feel like growth when it's just so natural or when it's just easy. We think of growth and we think of, oh, we had to struggle or, oh, we had to go through, jump through all these hoops, and that's what is resulting in growth. But we're growing whether we're growing anyway. True. Right. So it it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be climb the mountain, and that's the only way you grow. It can be focused attention to the ideals and the... Um, outcomes that you want to have, knowing that the universe is always flowing for and supporting you like the wind beneath your wings. It's always moving you towards your best and highest good. Right. And if I believed that, right. yeah, that, would I behave differently? Right, right. And my other personal favorite person of uh, spiritual kind of, you know, what she's doing in the world, but Oprah, all things Oprah, um, talks a lot about that in terms of, you know, understanding that concept that things are, you know, pushing me towards that next highest good. And, you know, people talk about it in terms of, you know, things are lessons to be learned and and um, I really think, again, with the women in the jail, when they can flip their thinking and, and have that understanding that what's happening now is absolutely for their very best and highest good, because if they were on the street, maybe they'd be dead, maybe they'd be high, maybe they'd be not picking their kid up from school, maybe they'd be, you know, mm-hmm. doing whatever they would be doing on the street, and that the fact that they are in jail, in this program, doing this work is an amazing gift and is going to help them, you know, ex- Eventually, for when they get out, um, it is it is really something when you look at even something really externally going to jail, a bad thing, and can reframe it in in the best thing possible at the moment. Yeah, so to be in jail, and I mean this comes up, this has come up before too, but if if I really could see being in jail as my opportunity for growth and for shifting, how cool is that? And if I'm not in prison or in a physical jail, so for me to look in the mirror and say, what jail am I creating in my own life that is keeping me from growing into who I could be or into doing things that support my growth and moving me toward making a, a more beneficial contribution in the world and I don't have to be in prison to be, be to be in a jail of my own creation. Right. Exactly right. Mhm. I don't know this whole topic of growth and uh, and allowing connecting in with your spiritual truth or the spiritual truth of life supporting each of our our own growth, and then how do we use that to support the growth of others? I think that's partly what what happens with I turn to prayer. It's like, okay, I I do all of this. I have these spiritual practices that really, really support my growth, help me show up the way I want to show up in the world. And maybe that's been the Big, the easiest way to describe my growth over the last, you know, three or four years, it's been growing into how do I take what I know and do and use that in the world in a way that supports the growth of others in their own spiritual development. 
Right. It isn't that kind of the essence of that ripple effect of that, you know, once I natural progression of once I have something, you know, naturally I want to kind of give it away. I want to share it like the girl in the, in the jail talking about now. She's excited to see new women come into the pod because she can talk to them about the program. She can, you know, give them some information. She said, you know, I can help them understand, you know, don't spend two or three weeks looking at the door trying to wait and figure out how you're going to get out of here. You know, start working right now. So, and isn't that a curious thing that we want other people not to have to take the long rounding way that we took, but, you know, here, learn from me, which, of course, we never do. But, <laughs> I, you know, well, I, 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 can, I can tell you a different way. Well, and that's a slippery slope, too, because, well, I'm thinking of one practitioner in particular and um, someone who who often, you know, I will hear them say, well, that person needs this, and this person needs that. And if they would just listen to me, you know, then they wouldn't have to repeat this pattern. And it um, it becomes like it's my purpose in life to fix you. And that's... that's <laughs> And and that's a whole different thing than I, yeah, I know some stuff. I have some tools and resources that work for me. And, you know, I am happy to share this with you because I know you're on your own journey. And, you know, use what works for you. Use what helps you. Use what resonates with you. But I have no attachment to what you decide not to use, uh, you know, if like, I don't oh, know better. Yeah, that's the key, the attachment. Yeah, I, I'm not attached to, if someone buys the book, I turn to prayer. And it's 198 pages. So, you know, I have this this theory in my mind. I, I have a belief that there's at least one or two prayers in this book that that resonate with you no matter who you are, you know, that there's going to be a prayer that relates to something and you're going to go, oh, my. And, you know, that, oh, my, I really need that. Or, oh, this is reminding me, you know, of what I, I truly believe. Or, you know, there's going to be some connection with at least one or two prayers in, you know, almost 200 pages. But I don't, mm-hmm. I really don't have an attachment to... Um, you know, oh, Leslie, you, you know, Leslie, I, I know you. You need to read that that prayer on page, you know, whatever, 350, because I know if I say 35, you're going to go to 35 and say, oh, was she telling me something? <laughs> but I don't have the book in front of me, and I don't have what prayer is on what page memorized, with one exception, and... um you know, it's like I don't. I can't really imagine myself saying just at random, you know, oh, this one is really for you or you. Now, someone, you know, telling me what's going on with them, and I know there's a prayer in the book related to that. You know, yeah, I might say, oh, you seem to be really, really stressed about whether or not um, – you're going to get this mortgage, whether you're going to get approved. And, you know, I happen to have this prayer, so, you know, read it. It might resonate with you. It might give you a sense of peace around this. You know, but that I think that's the exception rather than the norm. I'm not going to have the book in my hand every time I'm talking to somebody about what they're going through. So you I want it, like, you support. know, stuck on a wall behind you. You could just have, you know you know, 10 copies lined up by the door so they could buy one when they're leaving. Would that work? No. Add $20 to the cost of a of a uh, session with me and, and I include the book, right? But, you know, it's, it is, it's so different from, it's a different feeling. It's because I don't have, I know that these prayers have supported my own growth. And I have a hunch that they'll support the growth of others, but I don't know which prayer on which day is going to be that prayer. So I can't be attached to specifically 
influencing the growth of another person. Even though I believe that these prayers will. You uh you should tell that practitioner. I had a therapist years and years and years ago explain to me that uh as a therapist if I took credit for things that went well for my clients then I would have to take blame when things didn't go well. So therefore I really detached from that early on. I'm like, Man, you're on your own. Hope this works out. I got like five ideas. They don't work. <laughs> Can't just take you can't just say, man, I did that. Look at how good I am. You got to say, oh, my goodness, I'm responsible for that little thing over there, too. Okay, never yeah. mind. Well, and, you know, as, as licensed practitioners like chaplains and ministers and, you know, other people who play that role of coaching or counseling from a spiritual perspective, it's like I'm I'm really clear that, I am being used to support this person's growth in the direction that they have decided they want to grow. But I'm not doing it, right? And and in some ways there you know, there are actions they can take, but it's all a God thing. You know, it's it's all the universe flowing and and putting energy and attention to what this other individual has said. I want to change this condition. I don't want to experience this anymore. I want to experiencing experience something different. So I'm just a physical touch point, a physical tool or resource that allows this person or helps this person or supports this person partner with their creator. That's a formless energy, you know. And as a person, they need a, a an energy in physical form to bounce off of, to to get ideas from. So I've got all that's happening. So I I'm not making their growth happen. So mm-hmm. it's like m- most of the time, most practitioners I know remember that. But yeah, I was hearing the voice of someone who's actually a good practitioner, so I don't want to throw this person completely under the bus. Um, but it's it's interesting because that's one of the things that they have to manage in their own process of being a practitioner because their tendency is to say, oh, yeah, I know exactly, like, I know exactly what, what this client needed, um, and she would listen to me. Right, she would just do what I would say. It's like, okay, she's where she is. She's growing at her own pace, at her speed, moving toward what is best for her. So what you, you know, do see, it, doesn't it, always make sense. Go ahead. And, you know, it's it's kind of a both and in a way, too, though. I know working with um, Reverend Beatrice, who's my spiritual teacher, you know, she has said to me, you know, Leslie, until you're willing to do these things that I'm telling you to do, there's not going to be any change. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, exactly correct. So yeah, there's there's something to be said for that. If you really do find a wise teacher, you know, I mean, of course, you have to be kind of careful who puts your emotional bank in. But you know, if there is a wise teacher, sometimes I do have to, you know, do these things that they're suggesting on sort of a blind faith or on sort of a, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I. You know, I trust them, and, and so I'll see. Right. And, I, so, I, and yeah. in that way, I think that's when the spiritual guide is showing up, grounded in spirit, that, with no attachment. It, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, these are, these are the kinds of things you need to do. You need to have, you know, in my opinion, you need to have a daily spiritual practice. Now, let's talk about what you're willing to do to begin to build a daily spiritual practice. You know, and then I want to talk about that with the client because I want it to be something that they're willing to take the first step toward. And then once they agree, yeah, I want to do this and this and this, you know, and they come back to me two or three times and nothing really has shifted, and I ask the question, are you doing these three things? And they're saying no. Then, yeah, I'm likely to say, well, nothing is going to change until you do these three things. But it's not because... You know, oh, I wake up every morning and I um, light a candle and 
um, sit in silent meditation for five minutes before I do anything else. So I'm not likely to say to a client, you know, your life would completely change if you would just get a candle, make a little altar, and every morning before you do anything else, light a candle and sit for five minutes. It's like that works for me, but to the client, I'm likely to say, you know, even if they say, well, what do you do? I'll say, well, this is what I do, and so what would make you feel really grounded as you start your day? And then, you know, have it come from them and then support them. But absolutely, it's not going to happen if they don't follow through. Or if we write an affirmation together, like, yeah, I'm hesitant to give people my affirmations because they work for me. And they're in language that works for me. But I'll help them choose and create an affirmation. You know, we'll do it together. And then as their affirmation, usually with words I would never use for myself. Mhm. So uh, yeah, I right. think uh, I don't mean to imply that like you're whoever you are relying on or working with should not hold you accountable or give you specific tasks. But the, for me, the, the difference is if I'm really going to support your growth, then you know it's your growth. You have to engage in it. Um, and it will look like what works for you, not what works for me. True that. And growth happens, you know, at different paces and different ways and uh, all things women in the jail today. But, um, you know, as they're coming into the classroom and working on their trauma and unveiling some of these past hurts and these past feelings that haven't been experienced, haven't been safe to feel, and they're going back out in the pod, and, you know, they're surrounded by a circumstance where they completely have no control and, you know, they have no ability to, you know, even be allowed to go to the restroom without asking for permission. So having that kind of emotion going on in such a structured environment they many times act out behaviorally in very negative ways and, you know, become more defiant or become more um, resistant to listening to what the officers are saying. And it was an interesting kind of educational process to try to help some of the officers to understand that when we're making some emotional changes and growing in some emotional ways, there there may be this sort of, thing that happens that says, oh, my goodness, they don't even look like they're working their program. Why are they here? They don't deserve to be in this program because, look, they are, you know, not making their bunk or they're not doing what I'm telling them to do. And to so open up this concept that, you know, I could be growing in one direction and because of that growth, I'm sort of acting out in these other areas of my life. You know, they look like they're in contrast or they look like they're not um, supporting each other, but they're, you know, the manifestation of the acting out is is coming from the fact that they're growing emotionally. And, you know, that can be painful and difficult sometimes. Yeah. So that piece about, you know, growth, that we, it happens kind of um, quietly, we don't notice it. Um, or it happens and we do notice it because it seems so hard and we're fighting it. You know, I don't know. For some reason, that just keeps coming back into my mind of how much we look at growth as such a um, fight or a struggle, and I guess I don't want us to end the show. We only have about three or four more minutes without. <laughs> you don't want to leave on that. Good luck, growing. It's up. No, 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 I don't. You don't want, want to end on that. I don't, leave, I don't want to leave without thinking about when you say yes to spirit, and you are you are in that place of fighting it, of challenging, even though you know. It's helping you grow, right? You know that. It's like how does saying yes to spirit then help you get through it? I guess that's what's 
I'm thinking about. Yes, and I, I you know, I, I use a metaphor with people a lot that um, and when we're doing um, prayer work or we're doing um, mind, you know, changing our thoughts or we're doing therapy and we're trying to, you know, change our daily practice and all of that, then that is kind of like we have this really dirty shirt and we're washing it and every time we do a prayer, every time we come to therapy, every time we do something positive, you know, we're washing that shirt. We're getting it a little bit cleaner. We're getting it a little bit cleaner. It's taking time because it's really dirty. And then if we use spirit, if we, you know, bite into a spiritual program, if we're starting some spiritual daily practices, then it's like putting stain remover and we have to wash that shirt, you know, once or twice, and then it's really clean. It just kind of takes so much less time <laughs> when we add spirit and you know add that spiritual component to any kind of change or growth. It uh, it it defies space and time how we can change and shift and become aware of who we already are. Yeah, that that makes sense because it doesn't necessarily just make it go away, especially if the challenge is designed to be a part of our growth. So if there's no promise that it will always be easy, um, but it is easier to experience and bear and go through if we're doing it in partnership with God. Right. Well, um is really about all the time we have to talk about growth on Say Yes to I like Spirit. Growth. I I vote for growth. More growth, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, if you would look at our show page, if you're listening, and there are other topics of interest to you, please just check us out. Until we meet again, say yes to yes Spirit. To spirit. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.